And I want you to turn to 3 John chapter 1. 3 John chapter 1. We'll talk about a fellow that wasn't from around here. You'll know when I call his name. Diatrephes. So I actually probably pronounce diatrephes. But since I will probably say it lots of times, I'll probably end up saying it diatrephes. But diatrephes, and the name of this is diatrephes was a runner. Diotrephes was a runner. 3 John chapter 1, start verse 9, reading out of God's word. This is John the apostle, one of the original 12. He's writing this. He's writing to a guy named Gaius. And he says to Gaius, he says, I wrote a letter to the congregation, but Diotrephes, who loves to be in charge, won't accept us. For this reason, when I come, I will bring up what he's doing. He's not satisfied with saying malicious things about us. He also refuses to accept the believers we send as guests. He even tries to stop others who want to accept them and attempts to throw those people out of the congregation. Diotrephes was a runner. Now, why do I call him a runner? That's what we're going to find out. Was he an athlete? Why, why is John talking about this guy this way? Now, I want, I want you to understand something about John at this point. How many of you remember John when he was a disciple, one of the 12? You remember John? John was probably the youngest of all of the disciples. He may have just been a teenager at the time that he was with Jesus. Did you know that? And so he was like a little brother to Jesus. In fact, he's the one that at the Last Supper, he was, lean, he was sitting next to and leaning on Jesus during that supper. At the foot of the cross, Jesus looks down from the cross before he, before he gives up the ghost. And he looks down at John and says, take care of my mama. This is who John is that has written this book, this letter that we're reading. So John was a young, young man during the time that he was serving with Christ. But by the time this was written... He was probably, are you ready for this? He was probably 90 years old. He was the only last surviving of the original 12. All the rest of them by now had been martyred or had otherwise passed away. So John has spent 70-something years as an early church father doing ministry. He's the author of the book of John, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. And whatever the, what other book do you all remember that he wrote? Revelation. He has suffered for Christ. He has been uh, an amazing witness for Christ ever since the time that Jesus was crucified and resurrected from the dead. He is well known, I'm sure, among the early church, recognized by the church. He's an elder, and he is an acknowledged leader, and rightly so. And, and I'll, I'll go on to say that his authority and his wisdom should never be in question since, I want you to hear this, since no person on earth held his credentials. Not even Paul. Paul has not been through and done there, that and seen what John has. Nobody has the credentials of John. And yet he still encountered people in his life that thought they were smarter than he was. He'd been on the planet for 90 years. The last living apostle having spent time personally with Jesus Christ. And yet there would be some people on the planet that have the audacity to think they know more than he does. 
This is going to be one of those kind of messages. And it's not just about what happens in the church, but you're going to be able to identify diatrophies in your own life because he or she is a part of your family or they work there where you work. Some, you're going to, in, you're going to in, in this message today, you're going to encounter them. This is not just about the church. This happened to have happened in an early church, a New Testament church. But this person uh, inevitably and unfortunately still exists among us. And so today we're going to try to identify without pointing at anybody. We're going to identify who is Diotrephes. And the rest of us, once we figure out who they are, are going to spend the rest of our lives trying to stay away from them. Diotrephes. You know, I would never be arrogant enough to think that I could roll into your place of business tomorrow and be able to run it better than you. There's no way. I've seen what a lot of you do. I respect what you do for a living. And there's no way that I could show up tomorrow where you go to work and be better at your job than you. I couldn't do it. I already know it. I'm I'm acknowledging that. But on the flip side of that, you must acknowledge that you couldn't get up tomorrow and do what I do. And we all have got enough sense, unless you're called. Now, if you were called of God, and you may, maybe you have been a pastor, and then, yes, then obviously, if you're a pastor, you're probably a better one than me. That, that's the, probably the truth. But I'm just simply saying, if you've never done what I do, I've never done what you do, we do not, we do not presume to think that we could be better at something than somebody else. You hear people talk about it all the time. Well, if I was running that company, well, let me tell you why you're not. Because you're not. And I'll guarantee you that the person that's running it, in some cases, probably shouldn't be. But even still yet, they know more about it than you do. It's the same thing with your home. No, how many of you guys or gals are going to let somebody walk in? I mean, we, it causes all kinds of problems. Other family members or neighbors walk in and start trying to tell you how to run your kids. They roll into your house, mom, and they start saying, well, if that was my kid, I'd just beat the tar out of them. And you're like, you don't leave my house, I'm going to beat the tar out of you. (laughs) We all got opinions, and opinions are okay as long as we have the wisdom to realize that that's all they are. You wouldn't be a better state representative than Kenan Underwood. You want me to tell you why not? Well, you just wouldn't. And that's why he does what he does, because that's what God called him to do. He's better at it than you are. We got police officers in this room. You would not be a better police officer than they are. Why not? Because that's what they're called to do. But Diotrephes was more brash than wise in our story today. Let's see what made him a runner, in my opinion. John spelled it out. All we got to do is form a list. I've formed a list. Diotrephes was a runner because, according to this passage, number one, he ran the church. Verse 9. Diotrephes is a runner because he thinks he can run the church. Again, this is not just about the church. Keep in mind your place of business. Keep in mind your home. However, this applies. Thank God right now I'm not preaching this message because there's somebody in our church trying to run our church. I thank God for that. We are blessed. I want you to know we are blessed to have the pastors and the deacons and the leadership that we have in this church. We don't have the same kind of mess that a lot of other so-called churches have. And I thank God for that. 
But this does apply to our lives still because the Word of God is living and applicable in every situation. So you're going to run across diatrophy someplace probably this week if not today. Diotrephes tried to run the church. Verse 9, the elder John wrote to Gaius. I wrote a letter to the congregation, but Diotrephes, who loves to be in charge, won't accept us. You know anybody like that? Don't point at him. He loves to run the show. He thinks he has to control everything. He's trying to run roughshod over the whole church. Now, was he the pastor? I don't know. Was he a deacon? Was he an elder? Who is this guy? I don't know. But here's what I do know, and that's this. Any leader in the church should be a servant, not a lord. Church leadership, we are here to hear from the Lord and to carry out His will, but we're not here to take ownership of His church and use that platform to manipulate and control His people. So pastors and staff and deacons need to have the wisdom and the humility and love for the flock. Any leader who uses his or her position for personal gain or betterment is going to give an account to God someday for what they did. For trying to take over his church. This pulpit is not my platform for personal opinion. You don't need to hear my personal opinions. You have yours, I have mine. What you need to hear me do is hear from the Lord according to his word and tell you what his word says. My personality may be reflected in that sometimes, and you may either like that or dislike that, but that's the way that is. It would be that way anywhere you went. Anybody that you listen to, that's what you're going to have to contend with. But are they telling you the truth? Now, John, I want you to go back to John, for goodness sakes. He, he wrote a letter to this church. But Diotrephes had the gall to deny John's access to the congregation. Are you kidding me? There was nobody on the planet more qualified to speak to that congregation. Everybody in the church wanted to hear what John had to say. But Diotrephes, who loves to run the show, decided that they weren't going to get to hear from John that day. Number two, verse 10 says, Diotrephes, who was a runner, ran his mouth. Look at verse 10. For this reason... He says, when I come, I'm going to bring up what he's doing. He's not satisfied with saying malicious things about us. He's not satisfied. Diotrephes is talking trash about John. Oh, my goodness. King James put it this way. He was prating, prating or prating against us with malicious words. Now, here's what that means. Even though I can't say it, here's what it means. It means babbling or berating with hurtful, evil, and malicious words. You ever hear anybody do that? You ever hear anybody do that? You come home from work and he or she just babbles and berates somebody at work. You go to lunch after church and they just babble or berate the preacher. Huh? With hurtful, evil, malicious words. So this is saying that this guy wasn't just denying John access, but he's talking trash about him too on top of it. He's not just denying him from hearing what John had to say, but he's also saying John's a dirty dog. 
Now that's crazy. Can, can you imagine being the one that's dumb enough to talk smack about the guy that suffered for Christ? Wrote books that are going to be in the canon later on. He's been tortured. He's been mistreated. He's been providing leadership to the early church. This is almost as bad as talking trash about Jesus, which some people do. Which I can't imagine. It's like I don't, I don't want to be within lightning striking distance of some people when they open their mouths. The, same, the things they say about God or the things they say about his prophets or the things they say about his people in general. Like, I just want to caution y'all sometimes. Because sometimes we try to be kind and, and we'll let people go on and say things that we're in our spirit. We're like, I shouldn't be listening to this and I shouldn't let them say this. But we want to be nice. We're just kind of smile. Like, oh, okay, okay. I'm not going to repeat it, but I'll listen. But really what needs to happen in our life is we need to step up and say, look, I'm not even going to hear that. I don't even want that getting into my spirit. I am not going to listen to you berate or belittle that brother or that sister because I know them. I'm not even going to listen to that. I'm not having that. The gall of this man. And there's some people that they, you know, in our homes, in our jobs, in our church, wherever we go, we run into those people. They don't contribute anything. They don't add anything beneficial, but they love to talk trash about the ones who do. You know somebody like that. Old Diotrephes, the scripture said he was a runner of his mouth. Number three, you ready for me to keep going? Say amen if you're ready. Verse 10 said he ran off the guests. He's a runner. He ran to church, he ran his mouth, he ran off the guests. Look at verse 10. He also refuses, John said, to accept the believers we send as guests. That's craziness. So what's going on is John or other church leaders would send Christian believers to this particular church and Diotrephes would run them off. He wouldn't even accept the guests that John was sending that way. So now this guy has decided he's going to decide who comes to church. That's dangerous. So John could vouch for somebody and say, I'm sending this missionary, I'm sending this preacher, I'm sending this new young couple your way, I'm sending this young family over there to your church, whatever. And Diotrephes will run them off. There's some people, I've, I've seen some folks in churches like this, that feel like it's their ministry to run off people that they don't think are good enough to be at their church. I've seen it. Catch them outside and they say, "Hon, do you think that, that what you're wearing is appropriate for God's house? And this is a person that probably never been in church in their life. And guess what? They're not going again. Some dear old busybody would catch them off the side and say, You smell like smoke. Have you been smoking cigarettes? We don't do that here. You might want to go down the street to the Baptist church. They got a smoke section back there. But we don't do that here. Yes, we do. We got folks here do all kind of bad stuff. And this is right where we want them. This is the exact place they need to be. And Jesus loves them and so do we. I would be scared to death. To stand before God someday and be one of those people that picked on sinners that came in that Jesus had brought here and I ran off. I'm convinced that that's why some churches don't grow. 
Because God loves his little babies too much to ever put them in a place where they're going to be destroyed. So he's not going to send them there. He's going to send them to a healthy, strong, stable place that's going to love them and take care of them, nurture them, and bring them along. He's not going to send them to some place to die. And number four, Diotrephes is a runner, verse number 10, because he ran over everybody. Look at this. John says he even tries to stop others who want to accept them and attempts to throw those people out of the congregation. I need to read that one again because we need to talk about that one for a second. So John sends people to the church. Diotrephes runs them off. And then it says he even tries to stop others who want to accept them. These are people that are in the church and attempts to throw those people out of the congregation. Now, theologians have, have continued to talk about that. They still do, and they some still can't agree on who's getting thrown out here. But I have my own opinion. And you know me. I'm going to share it. <laughs> so they can't agree on that. But they, you know, they, it could mean that he runs off the guests because, you know, that's what is happening. We know that for a fact. He runs off the guest. But according to that last verse, it could either mean he's talking about the guest or it could mean he runs off the actual church folks who wanted to receive the guests. See, read that. Read that. Read it again. Let me read it again. He even tries to stop others who want to accept them. We know that's church folk. And attempts to throw those people. Who are those people? Out of the congregation. He attempts to th- So some say that the ones that he's attempting to throw out are the guests And others are saying that that's actually congregation people that wanted to accept the guests. Now, I believe the latter. And here's why. I'm going to show you my logic. Guests were never in the church to be cast out. The guests just weren't accepted. Do you see that? We we found that out already. Diotrephe just wouldn't accept the guest. He ran them off. So you can't kick out somebody that never was in. Am I right? You still tracking with me? But the folks who go to the church are capable of being kicked out since they're already there. So, so in my opinion, this is taken to another level because Diotrephus is not just withstanding and disrespecting John and refusing to admit the ones that John points that way. He's kicking regular church folks out who've been going here for no telling how long just because they want to honor John and accept the guest John sends. That's taking it to another whole level, isn't it? That's like somebody coming in here and saying that, that because you brought someone with you today, that you, the guest you brought's got to go, and you got to go too for bringing them. This is insanity. He's just trying to run everybody's life. Don't shout amen if you know somebody like that. They can't just be content to control their spouse or their kids or their family. They got to control everybody. And that type of control is just insane. Now here's what I will say about the church. You can apply this however you do in the home or where the business or wherever. But I will say this, that when you start trying to control God or his church or his word... Or his will, you are crazy. That's it. Stop it. Think about what you're doing because you can't just run over everybody. This has to end. Or or else I'm telling you, it will end because God can make it end if you're not smart enough to heed the warning today. Now, the only people right now that are uncomfortable 
are the people who are by the name of diatrophies. They're the ones that are already getting mad at me. They're the ones that are getting mad already and they're getting ready to start a fight with their wife or their husband in the car. They're going to make it, you know what, on everybody at work tomorrow. But what needs to happen instead of getting angry is if this message is somehow convicting you, you need to take it to heart and accept that as a warning from the Lord that you need to change some things in your life. God didn't put you on this planet to control other people. I'd be, I'd go so far as to say, you can't even control yourself. And that's why you're trying to control everybody else. You can't even get yourself in check. But yet you want to control everything else around you. And control is a security thing. People that are very controlling is because they're very insecure. They can look like they're not, but that's what it really amounts to. People that are very controlling do so because they need to control everything around them because they can't afford for anything to happen to them. So they have to control everybody. And I'm going to tell you something. If you're a control freak, you're living a miserable life. And everybody around you is as well. Because you trying to fix everything and everybody and you trying to get something right and keep it that way. And God knows that we're people and you can't fix other people. God don't even fix people. Really? He saves them. He changes them. But you're going, you're going to live and die with some of the same imperfections that you would have lived and died with if you were a believer or not a believer. We're all living on the same planet under a curse. We're all living under a curse. The new heaven and the new earth is not cursed. We're looking forward to that. But the one we're on right now, I'm going to tell you something. None of us are so good and none of us have it so together that we're going to figure out how to live a, a completely peaceful, wonderful life and never die. If Jesus doesn't come, no matter how much you fight, claw, and try to control, you're going to die. And your soul will live forever, but you're going to die. But wouldn't you rather just get through this, go through this life, trust in Jesus? Pastor, how do I know the control freak? Here's what I want you to start taking note of. Because a lot of people can tell you something that they are and they're really not. A lot of people can tell you that they're a born-again believer, that they're sold out serving Jesus. They can tell you that. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to shut your ears and open your eyes to those people. Don't listen to who they tell you they are. Watch the fruit and see who they are. Because their fruit of a child of God will be love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, temperance, kindness, meekness. The fruit of a control freak will be anger and jealousy and bitterness and wrath. Hey, they could tell you all day that they're super spiritual, that they love Jesus. But if the fruit's not there, then stop listening and start watching. 
how do the people that are how do the people with the good fruit how are they how are they dealing with it how are they getting through this life and not staying upset and staying something has happened in them that they have just learned to trust in Jesus and realize that they can't fix anybody and even if they could fix somebody how, how many of y'all have ever tried to fix something for somebody else and the minute you got it fixed what did they do they went and messed it up again why because that's who they are so stop trying to control your surroundings and just shine the light and the love of Jesus love people well pastor how am I going to deal with them I got to go to work with them I got to go home with them today I got to go to church with them every day well you know who they are and they know who they are how's that help I don't know because if they don't decide to do something about it then yeah your life going to continue to be miserable but the goal here today is that we would be able to identify who Diotrephes is and say, I don't want to be that. And for the rest of us to say, I'm not going to follow that. You say, Pastor, you just, you, if you're telling me not to, not to stay in line, you're, are you trying to cause trouble in my family? Because the minute I don't do what he tells me to do, the minute I don't do what she tells me to do, there's going to be all kinds of trouble in our house. Oh yeah, it's between you and the Lord. I just know that none of us are real good at being dictated to. Am I right? And you, you, can, you can try to stay passive and calm and quiet. And some people try to do it for a long period of time. But eventually, any of those of you who used to watch Seinfeld would know, serenity now, insanity later. <laughs> it's going to blow. None of us can, can bear to have somebody on our throat 24-7. Don't be a runner. Don't be a runner. He ran the church. He ran his mouth. He ran off the guests. He ran off everybody. He wasn't an athlete running a good race. He was a control freak, and he was ruining his life and the lives of all those that were foolish enough to stay close enough to him to allow it. Diotrephes was a runner. Don't you be. Amen? Don't you be. Lord, help us right now. Some of us are identifying ourselves as Diotrephes, and others of us are identifying people around us as that. In either case, Lord, what's going on? with those who are trying to control us is they are so insecure they just need the peace of Jesus to fill their soul when we live in perfect peace we don't have to control everything around us because we trust you 
Fill us with the fruit and the gifts of the Spirit. Lord, every person in this room who identifies as a diatrophies, help them right now to see that and to be open to the change that you're wanting to bring in their life so that they can be free from that.